welcome to the Midlife Masculine Podcast. My name is Dhruv Sethi and join me on this journey of becoming an objective, independent, self-sovereign thinker and doer. The masculine maintains structure in our families and society even when it's underappreciated. This always begins with the acquisition of knowledge, ancient or modern, obscure or mainstream, regardless we will acquire knowledge together on this show. Find us on mlmpod.info and all major podcast platforms. Please like, share, subscribe and hit the bell. Welcome to another episode of the Midlife Masculine Podcast. My guest today is Michael Saracini. Michael is an award-winning entrepreneur and real estate investor. Starting over 20 years ago as a university student with nothing but debt and the drive to succeed, he turned a small government loan into a multi-million dollar real estate empire that allowed him to retire at age 25. Today, Michael is the CEO of Keyspire and chairman of the Sarsini Group. Keyspire has trained more than 100,000 real estate investors and helped them generate tens of millions of dollars in net worth. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Drew. Thank you for having me. It's a great time to have you as well. I think it's very important for us to invest right in this current macroeconomic climate. As inflation soars and governments want to control the movement of our money, so I'm very, very happy to have you. This is great. You know, it is it is a good time to for people to think about their financial future. I mean, it's always a good time, but now times are pretty uncertain all around the world. And so when we get uncertainty, we also see opportunity. And that's what we're seeing today. Absolutely. And we'll dig into more practical steps and um, what uh, people should be doing. So, Michael, but however, to begin with, how did it feel to be retired at age 25? Well, Drew, the word retirement... I got to say, we don't use that in our community. It's actually a bad word. And before I tell you how we felt, I'll, I'll tell you why that's a bad word. So many people use the word retirement and I used to use it for years as well. But about, about 10 years ago, I realized that that's not what I did. I didn't retire because retirement means to be no longer of use. You know, you, you retire farm equipment, you retire an old pair of shoes, but as people, we don't want to retire really, do we? And then I realized about a decade ago, well, what is it that we want? What is it that that I did at age 25 and uh, came up with this term that we use every day in our community called Lifestyle Freedom Day. So it's not that I retired at 25, it's that I, I found my Lifestyle Freedom Day, the day I could choose to do whatever it is I wanted. And I gotta tell you, I, I, I work harder today than I did before I had Lifestyle Freedom Day, but I do the things that I love. I like that, Lifestyle Freedom Day. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think I will totally retire ever, um, you'll sort of feel like something is missing in your life. And we have this drive that we want to be doing something all the time. I mean, sitting still is quite uh, difficult to do at times. You had a boy band in your 20s. What happened and how did you get into real estate? That's funny. That is a funny story. Um, and that's where I started. That was my very first business. It wasn't real estate investing. I was 20 years old and um, I was like most 20 year olds. I wanted to be rich. I wanted to you know, be able to travel and be out there. So the first business that I started with some friends was a boy band. 
and I guess you could call it a business because you do some work and you have some relationships and you hope to make some money. Um, and it was uh, it was a pretty interesting experience. And, and I'm not talking like there's no instruments, Drew. This is like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. This is the days where these types of bands were cool. So it was like an NSYNC band and we would sing and dance. And so that's pretty funny in itself, I think. Um, now that I'm a middle-aged man and I think back to those days when, when I like to think I had some moves, um, but, but, you know, I learned something really important from that experience that carries with me today, 23 years later, uh, we worked really hard in the boy band and there was five of us, five guys, and we all lived together and we practiced all the time. And we started by working for free. Uh, we did backyard birthday parties and then we did some small street festivals and then we did some larger street, street festivals and like, you know, annual festivals in the park in our city. Um, and then we started traveling. We started getting known with the newspapers and started traveling all across the country and do some large variety festivals with thousands of people. Then we got a record label. We went down to Nashville, Tennessee in the USA, and we looked at different studios and, and we were going to choose a studio where we we're going to record our first album. And it was absolutely amazing. We, we went from zero to the top of the world in under 12 months. Um, and, and we really were on top of the world. We worked hard for it, but we had achieved some success. And then something happened. Drew, that would change the course of my life forever. And I think that um, a lot of listeners have probably had these few but very powerful moments of, of realization or these incidents in their life. And, you know, in, in midlife, a lot of people have those realizations or incidents right now. Um, but what happened for me was this. We got back from Nashville. We got off the plane at the airport and our manager said, all right, that went great. W which one did you guys like? We talked about it. He said, make a decision. Think about it. I'm going to call you in a couple weeks. And uh, I'm going to, uh, we're going to set everything up and we're going to book the studio and we're going to go down there and make it happen. Awesome. This is great. So a couple of days went by, we decided we wanted studio number two. And then a week went by, no phone call from the management company, uh, the record label, two weeks, three weeks, a month goes by. We said, what is going on? So finally, after a month, they called and this, and we're so excited. We're like, Hey, how's it going? They're like, guys, we got a problem. Uh, we are going bankrupt and shutting down and it's over. There's no more uh, boy band. There's no more record label. There's no more album. And we were devastated instantly overnight. We went from being on top of the world to going to zero. And that led me into real estate, Drew, because that was the moment that I promised that I would be in control of my future. Whatever business I would do from here on in, I'm not going to have a record company in control or my employer or the government or politics or the economy. None of that would control my future lifestyle freedom day. And so I was really actively looking for something that I could do as a business, as a lifestyle to be in control, to make money and to have that sort of freedom that I was looking for. And all this happened in your 20s. The, um, what, what you experienced there very much coincides with the mission of this podcast. We want to help men become self-sovereign in mind, body and spirit. That's why I'm very happy to have you on. And linking that to Keyspire. So what is your mission now with Keyspire? Yeah, it's funny because my mission now 23 years later, well, it's not funny, it's appropriate. My mission 23 years later, our purpose, I should say, at Keyspire is to put people in control of their future. And I think because I was so um, traumatized by working so hard, and no matter how hard I worked or how well I did, I could not be successful because somebody else was in control. So at Keyspire, our purpose is to put people in control of their future. And when our members come on board, our number one goal is to put them in control of their future. Not necessarily say you're going to fly private jets and you're going to buy four Ferraris and you're going to have 20 homes across the country. Um, that's not what's important to our community. What's important to our community is them being in control. 
and getting to that lifestyle freedom day. So that's from 23 years ago, that incident, that moment has brought us forward to what the Keyspire organization has done for the last 13 years, put people in control of their future. It's a fantastic story. And just relating to my life, what I was doing in my mid twenties, I was studying for my second academic degree. And thinking back, I, th I think university was such a waste. I mean, I mean, the best thing to come out of it were my friends and their lifelong friends, and I wouldn't change that for anything. But apart from that, I think I could have done other things which would have made me more successful early on rather than spending that energy on submitting pointless coursework. So I hope the, uh, I believe that this podcast will be useful for midlife men and also their kids who in a few years time will become young teenagers and maybe it's time for them to start investing as well. I mean, absolutely. It's time to start investing. I think that anyone, you know, midlife men, a lot of the same things happen that happened to me in my life, you know, and, um, I just got lucky that I had my traumatic experience at 20 years old in business. That's that's where I got lucky because sometimes it happens at 25 or 35 or 50. And to get that sort of rebirth or to get that clarity of what you really want, you have to go through that really difficult time. And if that doesn't happen until 40 or 45, then that's when it starts. And then that's when the, that's when the rebirth starts. For me, it happened at 20 years old and I was just lucky that it happened then. And then that led to my success. And in five years, that was at Lifestyle Freedom Day. But anyone who's listening that's going through that now or went through that a couple uh, within the last couple of years, I know a lot of people and friends that have gone through difficult divorces or, or health issues and things like that. And it seems like nothing is going to uh, ever be good again. But then I talk to people that have gone through it and they use that incident as a launching pad to this new life that they have. And you know, I think that's similar to my story. Mine just happened earlier on in my life and it happens earlier or later, you use it the best you can. Cool. Let's dig into the main meat of the podcast. So in terms of uh, what guidance you can give to my listeners, but to begin with, so property or real estate is considered a slowly appreciating asset. So is it the best asset class for midlife men to be investing in? Or should they go for something crazy like crypto and hoping that a meme stock shoots for the moon? instead of uh, real estate. I mean, what are your thoughts on yeah, that? I think, I think the word best asset. So I get the question a lot about what's the best, what's the best real estate investment. And then as we expand that more, what's, you know, the best investment, what's the best asset class to get into. And so it's, it's, um, it's a question that depends on what the person is looking for on their end. So something like crypto is great if that's what you're looking for, which is a big wins, you know, volatility, big wins, big chance that it's going to go to zero or to nothing, but also a big chance you might 100x your money. If that's what you're after, real estate's not going to do that for you. So your best investment is is crypto or or the casino, right? Or things like that. I don't say that facetiously. I say that seriously because that's where you're going to go to the casino and you're going to get 10x on your money in 10 minutes. Um, if you're looking for something that's boring, a stable asset that is boring, that takes work, that takes time, but will get rich, you will get rich slow, then real estate is your best asset class. Um, and, and, to, and to really underscore that with the main point, if you're looking for an asset where you're in control, real estate is the best asset class. And remember, that's my main value. That's my main purpose is finding something where I'm in control, not something that's going to make me $100 million overnight. Not, you know, invest in a tech startup if you want to do that. 
or, or you know, some sort of uh, other sort of volatile. If you want boring, a boring asset class that puts you in control, then I would say real estate is the best asset class. So in conclusion, even for midlife men, it would be uh, considered a favorable asset class. I think it's perfect for midlife men because what real estate allows you to do, there's different ways to invest in real estate. So when I started, my main way to invest in real estate was with income properties. I would buy properties and my core focus, my core revenue driver was, was income from renting them. And if the property went up in value, that was a bonus, but my renters would pay down the rent, uh, my tenants and my tenants would pay me enough that I would get a cash flow. And then I was in control because I got to choose which tenants I put in there. I got to choose how much I charge for rent. I got to choose which properties I bought. I bought. I got to choose if I would renovate the property, when I would renovate it, when I would sell it, when I would refinance it. Like all these are choices I could make as a business owner that I can't make in any other asset class. You can't invest in the stock market and say, you know what? I'm invested in uh, Apple and I think that we should rebalance the portfolio. I think that we should da-da-da. Change, renovate the office, right? We don't have those decisions. Our, all of our success is in somebody else's control. And so that's why real estate, it, it was my favorite asset class 23 years ago, and it's my favorite asset class today. So for, and I'm a middle-aged man, as, as, as uh, you can, you, I don't know if you can tell by my voice, but this is where I am. The reason it's great for me, Drew, and, and great for middle-aged men is because of the different ways you can invest in real estate. If you if you like to work with your hands and you're handy and that's how you add value, you can purchase real estate and you can actively improve it. There's very other asset classes that you can improve. You can invest in fine art and improve it. You can invest in the stock market and improve it. You can invest in crypto and then do something that so it goes up in value. Like there's no control in these other assets, but if you are good with your hands, you like to work, you like to 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 get in there, you can improve property. Um, and, and that makes real estate to me the best asset class. If you don't like to improve, you don't like to do any work or like me today, I got two young kids. You don't have time. Real estate's a fantastic asset class because you can partner with other people that have those skills and abilities. So I will partner with, with contractors, electricians, uh, uh carpenters, uh, I'll, I'll hire them or partner with somebody that can do all that work so that they do all the heavy lifting and I don't have to do that work. So if you like to invest actively in middle age, real estate is the best way to do it. If you like to invest passively, real estate is the best way to do it. I like that. So the control aspect that you talked about, I mean, even thinking about gold, which has been money for 5,000 years, we're not in full control of the price either. There's no market really that dictates the price of gold. It's a, a maybe a group of eight old men in the city of London, in the London billion gold market who dictate the price for everybody else in the exactly. world. Exactly. Like, come on. You want to be in that market where somebody else is in control of what your, your assets are worth? Yeah, that is insane. Yeah, I totally agree. And you can apply that, Drew, to any, virtually any investment other than real estate. You can apply that same sentence to oil. You're going to invest in oil. Do you have any control over the price of oil? No. You're going to invest in the stock market. You're going to invest in a company. You're going to invest in a utility, um, public infrastructure, anything. Uh, you have no control over what that investment does. You're basically along for the ride. And 23 years ago, I said, I'm not going to be along for the ride. So that's why real estate, I'm so passionate about real estate. Yeah, makes total sense. So one question a lot of people in my circles, my friends, family, a lot of people have is when the right time is to buy. Now, the Bank of England base rate right now, as of today, 
as at the time of this recording is 5.25% and inflation is 11.1%, uh, which is a lie, obviously. It's a highly manipulated number. But regardless, these are record-breaking numbers here in, in the UK for the past 40 years. So when, is this still a good time to be buying at such a high interest rate? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question and it's a common question. And he, here's the answer to this. It's a very simple answer. The time to buy has nothing to do with the external market. It has everything to do with you internally. The question is, is, there, is it the right time to invest in real estate for me? Is it the right time in my life? Can I commit the focus? Can I commit the commitment? Um, am I interested in the benefits and the challenges that it offers? It has nothing to do with the market out there because if you're ready to go, you're ready to make money, you will make money in any market. Because there's strategies, no matter what the market is doing, people don't just shut down their real estate business or stop investing in real estate because the market's at a certain market cycle. They use different strategies. And I'll, I'll tell you what a couple of those are in a moment. But the, the point that this is such an important point that has nothing to do with that happening out there in the market. It has everything to do with what's happening inside you, inside your head and inside your heart. And if those are aligned, then you can go out there and make money in any real estate market. So right now we have interest rates that are high. People will say, well, uh, before I go there, the other part of that, Dhruv, is that if, if you talk to the type of person that looks for problems, they will tell you why in any market it's not a good time to invest. Prices are high. Prices are low. Interest rates are low. Interest rates are high. Inflation's here. The government's doing the... You can always find a reason not to invest in real estate, um, but you can also find a reason to invest in real estate. So for example, interest rates being high, that's a gift for us as real estate investors. This is one of the best times to buy. Why? Because number one, less people are buying. All right. There's less competition. There's very few bidding wars in higher interest rate environments because people are stopping. And you know who, you know, who, the only person that doesn't win a bidding war is the person that gets the property. So number one, there's less people buying. Okay. There, there's, there's one reason why we love high interest rates. Um, the other reason that we love high interest rates, it creates uncertainty. Uh, especially when they're moving and we don't know what's going to happen. And uncertain environments are great places to make money in any business when things are, are uncertain. Um, but the, the tactical thing that happens in higher interest rates environments is anybody who has, uh, is highly leveraged on a property, so maybe has 40 or 50 or 60% um, or uh, sorry, 80 or 90% loan to value, and they maybe have an a interest rate that floats with, with the prime interest rates, or they're coming up for a renewal on a fixed term, they're all this, their payments are all of a sudden going to go up. And if they didn't do the numbers right when they bought, like we teach our members to do a, a methodology called the four ways to win. And we teach them how to do the numbers right. So if the interest rates go up, you're not one of the people that have to sell. But unfortunately, most people don't know this methodology. So they have to sell when interest rates go up. So what you get now is a flood of motivated sellers. And when you make money in real estate, you don't make money because you buy a great property. You make money because you find a seller with a problem. And in any market, any real estate climate, there are human beings out there that have problems for us to solve. There's, there's death, divorce, and the disaster where people got to get out of a touch, tough situation. And uh, right now, more than ever, people are having difficulty keeping their properties. They're selling them for less than they would have sold them a couple of years ago. Um, they're motivated sellers and there's less competition. So that's I, I could talk about this for a full hour, but that's one of the reasons why right now is a fantastic time to invest. And then when interest rates drop, that'll be a great time to invest because we're going to be able to extract more cash flow. So there's a whole other set of strategies you'd use then. I like that you've offered a fresh perspective. It's always a good time to invest, in other words. Yeah, you know, and I'll just leave. The best time to invest in real estate was yesterday. 
The second best time is today. Because if you asked anybody, if you could go back 10 years and you could, you could own 10 properties 10 years ago at those prices, what would your life look like today? Almost, not almost, 100% of the time I've asked this question, people are like, my life would be better. I say, okay, well now talk to yourself 10 years in the future. If yourself 10 years in the future could come back today, right now, and you ask them, should I buy real estate for me, 10, for you 10 years in the future? I guess for me, you know, I'd be Michael, should I buy real estate 10 years in the future? What do you think Michael's going to say? Like, of course, buy as much as you can right now because prices are going to be great. There's cash flow. There's this, there's that. So the best time to buy was yesterday and the second best time is today. I like that. just want to ask you a bit more on what you mentioned earlier, that the mind and the heart needs to align. What does that look like? I mean, what's the mind saying and what's the heart saying that we're both need to be aligned? Yeah. So for your heart to be aligned, we're talking about being committed. All right. We're talking about this isn't something that you just kind of want to do or check out. This is like, I'm committed to changing my life, to making something happen. Uh, and often that means more money, but it doesn't always mean more money. It sometimes means more purpose. I remember one man, 95 years old, who was one of our members and he had money and he joined our community and he wanted to start investing in real estate for the first time at over 90 years old. And I said, why, why are you doing this? You don't need the money. Why don't you just go on a beach somewhere? And he said, Michael, this community and this investing in real estate has given me purpose for the first time in 15 years. I absolutely love the fact that I go out, I have something to do, I'm in control, I make the decisions, and that has brought purpose to my life. So when you think about your heart being aligned, it's, um, it's not only about being dedicated in commitment, but it's, it's also bringing you something, filling a fulfillment hole or gap in your life. And real estate does that so well, because not only are you making money investing, but you're doing cool stuff, the stuff that you like to do. That brings me to the mind now. The way the mind gets aligned is by aligning your unique abilities, your unique value with the activities of the business. And I'll explain. Too often when people go into any business, and even in real estate, they try to do everything themselves. All right. I'm going to go in. I'm going to be the carpenter. I'm going to negotiate the deals. I'm going to be the property manager. I'm going to do the financing. I'm going to also do this. I'm going to do, I'm going to do my own taxes. I'm going to do... No, you can't be an expert at everything. So if you learn what you're good at, the one thing out of a million, because most things we're bad at as human beings, and that's okay. You know, out of a million things we're bad at, out of, out of a hundred things, we're bad at 99 of them to make the numbers a little easier. And we're good at one. So when you align your mind, you find the one thing that you're the best at and you only do that and you get people to do all those other things. So that's aligning your heart, your purpose and commitment with your unique ability in your mind. And when you can combine those two things, the, the amount of income that you can make and the amount of joy you can create in your life is virtually endless. I like that. And I suppose uh, Keyspire would help with various techniques and strategies to uh, help make and manage that money as well. Yeah, that's exactly what we do in our mastermind group, our very first mastermind workshop. And this is what I share with everyone here. If you can think this way, the very th first thing we do with our members is define their lifestyle freedom day. You know, a lot of people say, well, um, how do I get to be financially free? What's the path? The first thing I ask is forget about the path. What is financially free to you? What does that look like? And then they almost always say, well, I'm retired. I said, forget that. You're not retired. You're not useless. You don't want to be useless uh, or no longer of use by the dictionary. Um, what does it look like? So we have our members write out in detail what their Lifestyle Freedom Day does, uh, looks like. So in detail, what does it look like? And then what we do, Drew, is we assign what we, we figure out what that costs. 
And what it ends up being, we, we end up getting a number. This is what it costs for my lifestyle freedom day. And now all of a sudden we have this goal. It's like, it's like a light bulb goes off. Oh, I know exactly how much I have to make with passive income in order to get fulfillment and to get joy in my life. And so I, I, to answer your question about what we do at Keyspire, that's the very first thing we do before we learn about interest rates and four ways to win and financing and all that stuff. We get grounded on where is it that you want to be? Because if we don't know where we're going to go, like imagine taking a flight and you don't know where you're going to go. The plane's just going to fly in circles and eventually crash, right? So don't fly in circles and crash. Find out where you want to go. What is your lifestyle freedom day? Fantastic. Thanks for that. The first time buyers, should they buy the house they live in or buy the house that they will rent out first? Yeah. And it's, a, it's the same answer for people that are moving from their primary residence into their next home. The answer is it depends on what the numbers tell you. If the property, so let's talk about first time home buyers. Um, you're buying a home for the first time. You're going to bump into the two biggest problem that every home buyer has purchased, that, that uh, almost every home buyer uh, runs into, especially when you look at the, the young generation, the Gen Zs who are now between 11 and 24 years old. Uh, those in their early 20s might start thinking about buying a home. They're going to run into the same two problems that I ran into 23 years ago and the same two problems that our members are running into today. And that is, where do I get the money? And how do I, for how do I afford the monthly payment, especially in the interest rate environment we're at today? and the inflation environment because all the other expenses. Where do I get the money? And how do I afford the payment? And there's two simple solutions for those two problems that most people never that never figure out their entire life. And this is something that we teach within our first year of our mastermind program. Um, two simple solutions. Not easy. They take work, but they're simple. They're straightforward. Number one, where do I get the money? You use other people's money. Right? Use other people's money. There's people out there that want to earn a return on their money, but they don't want to do any work. I'm one of those people. I don't want to do any work, but I want to, I want to earn a return. Um, so I'm willing to let somebody else do all of the work. And for that, they get some of the profits. So, so these are essentially people who have a bunch of cash, but they don't want to spend any time. They'd rather have somebody else borrow that cash and get a return. Angel investors, something you got to that? It. You know, angel investor is more of like a Mark Cuban. Like I'm a billionaire and here's a hundred grand. This is more of the person that has a good job. They're in midlife. They've got a good job. They're making good money. They don't want to go out there and renovate a property and manage it. But they also don't want to be in the stock market and lose 10% last year. You know, lose 10% uh, one year, gain 6% one year, riding that stock market roller coaster. They're upset. They're pissed off. They're done with the stock market. So they would rather earn 10 to 15% in real estate with you um, than they would riding this roller coaster. So these aren't ultra wealthy. These are people that have just regular portfolios and they want to put a little bit of money uh, into, into real estate investing. So that's, that's where the money comes from is, from, is from other people's money. Okay. So other people's money, OPM, as sometimes oh, yeah. it's called. We have our members raising other people's money all the time. We do these, uh, these deal pitch practices where people will pa practice pitching a deal. And it's really fun to watch. Um, almost like a, uh, like a shark tank show that show in the U S shark tank for uh, real estate investors. And they get to pitch deals and they, they, they get to share and they raise money that way. And that, but that's only half of the, the issue is the money. Once you got the money and you buy the property, then how do you make your monthly payments? That becomes the second issue. And is OPM all the more relevant today, given that uh, inflation is eating away our savings faster than we can earn money? Have you seen that change? 
I think OPM is, you know, I would say it's always relevant. There's, there's always people that have the drive. They have the heart in the head, but they don't have the money. So, you know, 50 years ago, OPM was used for, for everything. Uh, 30 years ago. Today, is it more? I, I wouldn't say it's more. I would say, I would say it's more important for the younger generation. That's what I would say. Because um, if, if you're 20 years old, okay, so if you're listening to this and you've got kids that are, my kids are six and nine, so they're not there yet. But if you've got kids that are looking to buy a home soon and the strategy is to save up to have your down payment at today's prices, today's affordability ratios, they're going to be saving for 30 years to, to just have a down payment. Like it's, it's unbelievable. It's not possible to save a down payment. Never mind if they want to buy two or three or four properties and actually build a portfolio to their lifestyle freedom day. It's just not possible to save your way to success anymore. So I guess in that respect, yeah, I would say that OPM is, is just as or more important today than it ever has been. Once you tap into OPM, now you have unlimited sources. You can buy unlimited properties because there's, there's not unlimited money out there, but there's billions of dollars of money out there. Um, that people are investing in the stock market or other investments where they're losing money that they want a little bit more control in real estate. Yeah, I mean, looking back at my life, I wish I learned OPM and how to pitch earlier on rather than just using the savings to buy my first property. Um, if So if I could change one thing, that's probably the one thing I would change. Yeah, yeah. And, and to that point, Dhruv, you're absolutely right. Like anyone listening, this is a great skill to develop how you can present an opportunity to an investor. And I'm going to speak specifically in real estate, but it applies to any business because businesses are cash intensive to start up. Um, how do you present an opportunity to investor so that they're winning just as much or more than you're winning? So you're not actually pitching a deal. You're inviting them to participate in a return. That's the mindset shift that allows you to have a lot of demand for your properties. That makes sense. The, so that answered the question, whether we should yeah. buy the house or whether we should live in the yeah. house. There's the second part, though. I don't want to leave, I don't want to leave uh, listeners hanging around, how the heck do I pay the monthly payments? And I'll, I'll really quickly show you how I figured that out early on. Um, by necessity, I'm not a genius. I wasn't a genius 23 years ago. I just figured it out because it had to happen. And the answer is by creating an income property with multiple units. So one of the greatest techniques that I figured out uh, and I had a great business partner that supported me and we worked on this together is finding a home that's one unit. All right. So a single unit, meaning like just one, one family can live there, but the home is configured in a certain way where you can put in a second unit, whether that's to the side or a basement apartment, a lower unit apartment and create two units out of one. Now what happens all of a sudden your, your cash flow goes up, the income goes up because now you're paying, people are paying rent on two units and not one. Your income goes up your cash flow goes up and the property is now worth more because it produces more income. So if another investor were to buy it, it produces more than it did before you made that value add. Again, remember we're in control. We get to make that decision and add that value. So finding a one unit home and turning it to a two unit home increases your cash flow. Finding a two unit home and turning it to a three unit home or a one to a three unit home, however you want to configure it, increasing units will increase your rent and increase your cash flow almost every time. Not every time, but almost every time. And you sort of recycle that principle into the subsequent properties. Recycling it, Drew, that's my favorite part. Um, and then what, what happens is uh, as soon as I do the renovation and I get it rented, now the property is worth more money. It just goes, it's worth more money because it's improved. It'll appraise for higher. And so what I do is I go back to the lender and now I get it refinanced. And I learned this when I was 
going to flip my first property. And I went to my lender and I said, all right, I'm going to flip this property. What do I do? I didn't know what the heck to do. I'm going to go flip this property. And he says, well, wait, wait a second. You're going to sell it? You're like, yeah, that's what the TV shows do. I'm going to flip it, right? That's, that's what we're supposed to do, right? I don't know. He says, let me get this straight. Michael, you just spent all this effort to renovate it. You put in great tenants. You screen them well. The thing is cash flowing $1,200 a month. It doesn't need a renovation or maintenance for five to seven years. You put in all that work and now you're going to sell it? I said, well, how am I going to get paid? He said, first of all, you're going to pay, at that point it was $1,200 a month. That's hard cash flow to get today. But you're getting paid monthly. But why don't you just refinance it at the higher amount? You'll get a check for virtually the same amount that is if you sold it and you get to keep the property forever. And that's when I clicked. I said, oh my God, I'm not going to flip it. I'm going to flip it to myself. And this is one of the core strategies we teach at Keyspire. It's called flipping to yourself, where you do all the work that a flipper would do. And then you end up retaining control of the property. You still get a big check, but you can use that check now for another property oh, uh, and then another property and then another property. And so... Yes, to answer your question about recycling money, people said, Michael, after about 20 properties, people said, Michael, where the heck did you get 20 down payments? Or probably more accurately, how did you save 20 down payments? I was a broke college student. How did you save 20 down payments? I said, I didn't. I saved one and I used it 20 times. And that story, that method really resonates with a lot of people. And we still teach that here. 23 years later, we teach that flipping to yourself strategy. That person came as a blessing to you at, a, at the right time in your life, I think. It is. It was, you know, and, and anyone listening, it's, um, it's true that if you're looking for a solution, the solution often presents itself in the universe. And people just seem to appear, but you got to do the hard work to think about your problem, to focus on it, and to try and find that person. Because if I never went to the lender to, to ask those questions, if I just let the property ride, or I just called my realtor and just listed it, I would have never got this aha moment, right? So you're absolutely right. Like, because I went out and I did the work, this person presented themselves in front of me. So don't be afraid to do the work. You got to be, you got to, you got to go out and do the work to have the people come out of the woodwork. Absolutely. A practical or operational question. So I'm not sure what the situation is in Canada, but here in Europe, post COVID, getting hold of handymen, electricians, plumbers, etc., has become very difficult and they're very expensive as well. So those considering buying properties, if you could pick three handyman skills that they can focus on, or even one, which one would you say? Yeah, this is a great point because uh, everywhere, our, our members are, um, they're in different places of the world, but primarily in the United States and in Canada is where our members operate. But the things that we teach them and the things that we do are transferable anywhere. So this is a great question because we're having the same problem here. In North America, we, there's no trades, there's no builders. We can't build houses fast enough. We can't even fix a toilet fast enough because you can't get a plumber out. So having these skills makes you extremely valuable. And we talked about that, um, that idea of figuring out what you do best. If you're listening and you're good at these skills, you're just like, we'll call it like a handyman. And you can, there's, you know, these people out there, Drew, that can like go and you, they just come in like, oh, I could paint that wall. I could, I could tape that wall. I could fix that toilet. I could do that plumbing. I could da, 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 da. They just can do it. They're just, they got that innate ability. If you're listening and that's you, you are more valuable today than you've ever been. So when you're looking to raise other people's money and you bring this skill to the table to another investor that doesn't want to put in the work, but has been burnt because they can't find a handyman or a contractor or anyone to do the work, you bring an extremely valuable skill to the table. And then, so I'll, I'll circle now back and answer your question about which skill is the most valuable. Um, and I don't think, 
I think I think the general, just generally being a, a good at fixing things and making things happen is the most valuable skill over something like saying being like a technical plumber, like a plumber or an electrician. Those are very technical, like they can do things. There's calculations that you don't necessarily need in order to do this business. Some of the best renovations that add the most value for the least amount of work are just cosmetic. We're doing floors, we're doing paint, we're changing doorknobs. We are um, putting in some nice light fixtures, but not moving electrical. We're putting in a new bathroom countertop, but not moving the plumbing. So you don't need the technical plumbing and electrical skills in order to make the biggest impact. You need to just be able to fix things and be able to just work with your hands and make things look good. And if you have that skill, you're extremely valuable in today's real estate marketplace. Okay. I'm going to sidetrack just a little bit here, but you mentioned that if you have one of these handyman skills, plumbing, tiling, or anything like that, then they have a certain skill, which I mean, they can advertise that skill and they're extremely valuable in the market. But what about those who don't have these handyman skills? How would they pitch themselves in, in the market to raise OPM, other people's money? Yeah, this is a this is a, a common thing that we go through. So uh, let's talk about it. Business is about creating value. So that's all business is. If you're gonna, that's all making money is in the world. All making money is is creating value. So you have to find a way to create value. Whether you're producing a pen, I'm looking at my computer. Somebody made this created value, or if you're gonna produce any sort of value in real estate. So the question is really not. Um, the question is really. How do you create value in the marketplace? Because that becomes what you're going to bring to the table. And if somebody, if you're listening and you don't create value by doing any handiwork, you're like, I'm not handy. That's fine. You create value in other ways. And so the exercise is to find out what you're really good at, where you create the most value in the marketplace. And that's what you're going to bring to the table. And the beauty is now you're going to connect with that other person who's the handy person, the handyman. And that's how they create value. So you're going to bring your value together and you're going to create a collaboration and achieve things that neither of you could achieve on your own. But it becomes very clear about what value you bring to the table. So you could, you might be in sales. You might be you know, in, in sales in some way. Um, you can't pick up a hammer. You, you don't know which end of the hammer to use, but you put you in front of a group of people or in front of one-on-one on someone, you can sell your idea. They'll get it. So you're very valuable in, in this business because we need to show tenants properties. We need to sell them on why our property is better. We need to sell our properties sometimes. We need to sell our teams and our contractors and our realtors why they should work with us. So having that ability is very valuable. So without going into every, there's so many different abilities and capabilities people bring to the table. But the point is, find out where you create value. And you're going to bring that to the table, that to the deal. And you're going to find people that fill in the blanks and on the places you don't create value. Absolutely. The cornerstone of uh, capitalism, create value and you will get paid essentially. Michael, this has been very, very insightful. And um, I wish I had your knowledge in my 20s. And I'm sure a lot of people listening would have got a lot of value. And they're probably thinking, okay, it's time to do something with this money because you cannot rely on central banks to take care of you. Governments and central banks are not on your side. We have to look after ourselves. No, no, they are not. And you know, I'm I agree with you. I wish I had this knowledge in my 20s too. I got to admit, I, I figured it out by trial and error for the first three or four years, just stumbling through, making mistakes, losing money. Hey, don't lose, don't lose money like that again. Um, so I think it's really important. Anyone listening, if you want to do something like this, get your heart and head into it and get yourself educated. Learn how to do it so you don't have to stumble through it like I did. 
like at Keyspire, we do a boot camp, a three-day boot camp where we teach people the ins and outs to just at least starting this business as their launching pad. Um, and it's so valuable for people that, to take this. And I just tell the listeners, if you're going to do uh, get involved in real estate, you want to be in control, the possibilities are just so beautiful and so endless for your life. But don't do it unless you get educated, whether it's with us or with somebody else. It doesn't matter who to me. Just make sure you get educated because I don't want you to be a story where you did something wrong, but we've already made those mistakes. People have already made those mistakes. So, so just learn from the mistakes that other people make. Thanks for that, Michael. And I wanted to ask you about takeaways. You've already mentioned one, get educated. Are there any more takeaways that you can give my listeners? Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, so get educated in anything that you do. If you're going to go into real estate investing, the stakes are high. You could make tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars, but you could also lose tens of thousands of dollars. So find a way to get educated because one of the being in control, Drew, is a double-edged sword. Being in control is so valuable because you have confidence in your life and you have, uh, you have security in your life. But if you don't get educated and know what you're doing, then you're in control of a car with a, without knowing how to drive it, right? You got to learn how to drive the car before you're in control. Uh, so that's number one. Number two is um, be extremely intentional. Be intentional about what your Lifestyle Freedom Day looks like. Don't just say, ah, oh, one day, you know, the, the typical, one day I'm going to retire and I'm going to go travel. That is like what people say that their, their life is going to be like. No, say I have a Lifestyle Freedom Day and here's the picture of what it's going to look like. Here's what I'm going to be doing. Here's my expenses. Here much, here's how much I'm going to spend on my health and my family and my vacations. So be very intentional. That'd be the second thing. And then the third and final thing is be very intentional about where you bring value. That summarizes what we're talking about. Don't try to do everything. Find where you bring value and be intentional about bringing that value to your deal and then find other people that bring the value that you don't. Thanks for that, Michael. Just on a side note, do you believe in law of attraction? I believe in the law of, attra of attraction big time. I believe in... Um, in psychology, we often call it confirmation bias. If you're looking for something, you will find it. And if you're not looking for it, you're not going to find it. It's not just going to knock at your door. I thought so when you mentioned the alignment of the heart and the mind. Well, Michael, thank you very, very much. Now, where can people find you? The, the best way to, there's two ways that you get educated with our company that you can get a hold of us. Uh, keyspire.com. Keyspire is our website. You can go to keyspire.com and uh, keyspire.com slash masterclass. We've got a 60 minute masterclass if you've only got 60 minutes. If you want to go for three full days, we've got a bootcamp, keyspire.com slash bootcamp. And uh, those are the two ways I would suggest people getting involved. The masterclass is absolutely free. Bootcamp's a couple hundred bucks, full money back guarantee if, if you don't like it. So there's really no risk of getting educated with Keyspire. We've designed it that way to help people. Fantastic. I'll link that in the description below. Cool. With that, Michael, thank you very, very much. It's been extremely insightful. And I know my listeners will get a lot of value from this. That's amazing. Well, I'm glad I could add value, Drew. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You've been listening to the Midlife Masculine Podcast. Find us on mlmpod.info and all major podcast platforms. Please like, share, subscribe and hit the bell.